Welcome to Cape and Ray Hall, nestled in the beautiful landscapes between England's national parks. As a Bible school, we offer short-term courses aimed at fostering your spiritual growth and living in a community. Our historic manor house has something for everyone. You can enjoy indoor and outdoor adventures, connect with students from around the world, and learn how to deepen your relationship with Jesus Christ. Search Cape and Ray England for more information. Podcast with Tola Doll Fisher. Hello and welcome. This is Woman Alive with me, Tola Doll Fisher. This is the podcast for Christian women where I'm chatting with real women about real life and real faith. You know, because if God was good, I felt he would have stopped it. For instance, you know, maybe I would have had a miracle. My baby would wake up from the dead. And that's kind of one of the thoughts I had. And it was until today we laid him to rest and he was buried. I knew this was final and he wasn't coming back. And that was when I began to process all of this. To start to get that healing and to get that relationship back with Jesus, I feel is the most important thing instead of waiting for the, waiting for the blessing, waiting for the gift. I think if we're waiting for that to make us whole, So if we can start to find that healing in in Jesus before, that is the key to an incredible relationship with God, isn't it? The Woman Alive podcast is produced in partnership with Open Doors. Welcome back to another episode of the Woman Alive podcast with me, Tola Dahl Fisher. Today, we're discussing the difficult topic of infertility. This might be something you've experienced personally, or perhaps you know someone who's struggling to get pregnant. Thankfully, there is growing support both inside and outside the church, and we believe sharing stories is an important way to let women and men know that they are not alone. So the title of the article we'll be unpacking today is Three Pieces of Christian Advice I Found Helpful While Struggling with Infertility. And you can read this article right now at womanalive.co.uk. Before we get started, if you love listening, we'd love a five-star rating. Your support helps us to become more visible to other users as we continue to bring you the kind of content that affects real women living real lives and with real faith. And now, let me introduce my guests. Today with me, I have Lucy West. Lucy is the author of the book called The Weight, Finding Peace When Facing the Challenge of Infertility. This charts her struggle to get pregnant, and experiencing three roller coaster rounds of IVF. Lucy and her husband adopted two children who are now aged five and 12, and you can read the story in the March issue of Women Alive. Finke Oham is the author of the article we're discussing today. Finke is the author of a book called Always a Mom, How I Survived My Baby Loss. Finke Oham, who is the author of the article we're discussing today, is author of a book called Always a Mom, How I Survived My Baby Loss. This looks at issues of motherhood in relation to loss. Bunke has also launched The Waiting Room, which is an online support community for women and men who are trying to conceive. Bunke is now the mother of two sons. So welcome, Lucy, and welcome, Bunke. Hi. Thank you, Tola. (laughs) Great to have you both talking to me today. This is a difficult topic, and I appreciate in advance how open you are with your stories about this. Um. 
I'm going to start with a quiz that we like to call how well do you know your bible all right it's an easy multiple choice multiple choice quiz and Lucy just announced earlier in the conversation that she's homeschooling her children so you're going to get used to this making up quizzes yeah for children yep um the question today is which old testament wife remained infertile until she was very old and the multiple choice answers are was the A, Eve, the wife of Adam, B, Ruth, the wife of Boaz, or C, Sarah, the wife of Abraham? So which Old Bing, Testament Bing, wife Bing. remained in her heart? Eager. Lucy, what do you think? Uh, Sarah. <laughs> C, Sarah. Okay, think okay, what do you, what's your answer? No, Sarah, answer? Sarah as well. <laughs> Sarah, okay. And you're both correct. The answer yeah. is Sarah, in the book of Genesis, chapter 21, verse 2, it says, And Sarah conceived and brought Abraham a son in his old age, at the time of which God had spoken to him. So I think Sarah was uh, about 19, Abraham was 100, before giving birth to Isaac, before before giving birth to Isaac, after God had promised her he would make her the mother of nations. Yeah. Okay, you're the author of the article we're discussing today. Could you just share some of what you what you wrote? Okay, uh, so Always a Mom, How, How I Survived My Baby Loss was the book I wrote uh, shortly after I had two losses. And um, I really wrote that book just to reach out to women walking in the same shoes. And I think the book for me was addressing issues and questions I'd grappled with during that during that journey. So questions I asked God, you know, things I felt, should I, should I not be involved in this? Or things like, should I celebrate Mother's Day? Um, you know, things around, you know, having ears in my pain. So in the midst of my pain, it was important that I could hear God and and know what his heart was towards me. Should I, okay. Should I, should I read it? Should I yeah. read it out for you? Is that easier? Okay, okay that's fine. Um, so this article is at womenlife.co.uk and um, the it's three pieces of Christian advice I found helpful while struggling with infertility is the title if you're looking for that. My time of reflection, fasting, prayer, reading and leaning on other women who have walked in my shoes gave me clarity, a sense of purpose and hope to step into my future. I concluded without a shadow of a doubt that God loves me and he is a good God. In all of this, I resolved to let nothing separate me from God's love, even if I never had other children. Of course, I still yearned for babies, and I chose to try again. The same year, I lost my second baby, Faith. God came through and blessed us with a son on Christmas Eve, and another son three years later. Although my journey's motherhood wasn't a bed of roses, I am eternally grateful for the woman I've become due to this process. So you speak quite openly about your struggles with infertility um, in this short article and obviously in your book and they have another book as well coming out um, and you write about how that affects your relationship with God and that seemed like a really important thing to focus on for you. So what did that look like in your daily walk with him, this kind of grappling with um, God is a good God but this isn't a good thing that's happening to me? Sure. I think for me, the biggest issue was the fact that I didn't see this coming. So I had no pre-warning and I couldn't prepare myself so it was all a shock when I went into labor um, and it was a full-time pregnancy um, there were no issues or there were no red flags so it all came out of nowhere um, and I just felt because I'd been a Christian from a very young age I, I believed God talks well God talks to me I hear from him and uh, I just felt 
you know, he could have prepared me. But on reflection, I, you know, and through that journey of, you know, of walking through that grief, I God began to actually reveal to me the ways he had began to tell me and I didn't pick up the signs. But I guess I wasn't meant to pick up the signs. But it brought comfort to me that actually God was walking with me on this path and he didn't come out of nowhere, even though he felt like it did. Um, so I think one of the key issues I grappled with was, you know, why would a good God allow such a thing to happen to me? And, and I think over the years, I've come to realize that as part of our journey, um, we go through trials as Christians, we go through suffering, we go through so, so-called bad things. And not to say that God is the author of these things, um, but in all of these things, he's with us and he will see us through and he will strengthen us. And I believe that he will cause all things to work together for our good, even though it doesn't make sense, you know, when these things are happening. So for me, it was that thing of, is God really good? You know, I grappled with that question, you know, because if God was good, I felt he would have stopped it. He would have intervened. So for instance, you know, maybe I would have had a miracle. My baby would wake up from the dead. And that's kind of one of the thoughts I had. And it was until the day we laid him to rest and he was buried. I knew this was final and he wasn't coming back. And that was when I began to process all of this. Um, and also the fact that I knew that, you know, God kind of reached out to me to know that I wasn't alone. So even the journey, walking through the fire, walking through the water, he was right there with me. Um, so... And I've used that understanding in every area of my life. So whatever challenge I go through, I am rest assured that God is still good. So um, so I think this whole experience transformed my life. And I have a total paradigm shift in terms of my relationship with God, my understanding of God's love towards us as his children, and the fact that whatever it is we go through, we are not alone. I find it encouraging as well that you have been able to recognize the way that this experience has affected your relationship with God in other areas of your life as well and has actually helped you to foster or understand him better in all areas of your life not just this this one particular one um Lucy you say you your article uh about your journey and facility is in the March issue of Women Alive which just come out um and I was fascinated by what you said in, in the interview because you said Growing up, there were big numbers around the table. In 30 years, your parents fostered 107 children, babies, and young adults, which is incredible. So yeah. you were surrounded <laughs> by a fam- like children and family. Mm. Um, and so, of course, you know, you seemed, when it came to your time, it would be it would be straightforward, but you spent years kind of trying to conceive. So what was that like for you? Um, yeah, I think it was a double whammy because of, um, I use the word ironic a lot because we cared for so many um, children and young adults and all disabilities, all ages. Um, and it was, a, you know, it was a good time and a difficult time. And it taught me so much about being a good sister, but also about being a, a mother figure as well. So I did think it would be very easy. And the double, double whammy I talk about was that my sister um, unfortunately, he has been on the same journey as I have. So neither of us have been able to have our own children. Um, so there were, as you were talking about, you know, there were so many questions of, hold on a minute. We've loved you from a very young age, God, and we've served you. and We've looked after your children. And is this some sort of punishment? Did we do something wrong? Or now is it, have you taken back this problem? Have you left us? There were just so many questions of what have we done wrong and why is God 
punishing us like this? Or where has he gone in all of this? It was incredibly painful, I have to admit. I mean, so there's three of you that your parents call your homemade children, right? So that you, Home, yeah. <laughs> I love that. There's like three, three homemade and two chosen, two adopted. Yeah, That's so five beautiful. of us all together. And yeah, and we will, I mean, we just don't see each other as any different at all, which is lovely. But um, yeah. And so for you and your sister, there was that real, um, you mentioned this real struggle because you had seen that fostering of not I mean I say fostering fostering children but bringing people into your family is being a very natural and loving thing and then you are unable yeah. to have your own is mm. there and I, I know think you in your article you talked about how you I think you said you're 23 or 24 you kind of expect everything to just go well because yeah. everything else had up to that point is there this idea that a successful Christian marriage or a successful Christian family looks a certain way and where does that come from there's definitely and um I don't know where it's come from it's just been taught forever and you know when we read in the bible actually these women just took on incredible amounts of shame who weren't able to conceive at first and and in fact I think I'm right in saying that every woman that is talked about about being barren in the bible ends up conceiving every story that we read she ends up uh, conceiving and having that promise so I remember one person sort of you know, bringing that to my attention once and sort of saying, well, why is it not happening for you if all these women are receiving? I was like, okay, well, I must have done something awful then. And it's just, gosh, the shame that is put on you. Um, And I think the shame is quite a a horrendous thing um, when you can't have your own family because you do just assume that it's going to be a very easy journey. And I think also there's sort of levels of fear with it because myself and my husband, we we would talk about how, um, oh my goodness, what if we're, you know, sort of 60 years old with no children around the table at Christmas time. And, you know, deep in my heart, I knew that I had lots of lovely friends and we could go and hang out with them and family around. But to me, I thought, if I don't have the children around my table, I'm actually fearful of what that future looks like. But, you know, that is in the midst of the pain. Our, our bodies tell us so many things, so many negative things as we're going through it, definitely. I, you know, I think you're right about the woman in the Bible struggle of infertility because I'm thinking about Sarah, wife of Abraham, um, uh, Rebecca, wife of Isaac, uh, yeah. Rachel, wife of Jacob, Hannah, mother of Samuel. They all kind of end up with the and and finally and god and then, they yes. prayed and god heard and god answered they were faithful so god gave them the yeah yeah like a, there's, yeah. A, there's, like, there's a formula you know wait yeah. trust god and then and your yeah. book lucy is called you know the wait um i hope this isn't too personal to ask but did you get to a point where you felt like okay i'm the waiting for this as in biological children has now ended i'm now going to try a different way was there a specific point you got to where you just thought I'll try a new route definitely and I think for me and my husband well it was that was slightly different from my husband but for me I got to the point of saying this pain is enough I cannot deal with this pain anymore it was just taking over every area of my life so I just sat down with God and I just cried out and just said I can't deal with this anymore what do I do how do I do deal with this and I thought I'd gone to the pits already. And I just remember hearing his voice, just very, very small, quiet voice, just saying, 
are you ready to surrender? And I was like, what do you mean? I've been surrendering for years. There's nothing else but surrender at the moment in my life. And he said, no, are you ready to surrender never having children, but still be okay with me? You know, still have our relationship. And and it it was a very clear feeling that, you know, and, and voice in my heart. And I just went, yeah, I've got to do it. I just have to do it. I've got to get rid of this pain. And the depths of the grief then were more than I've ever felt before, actually. And and I knew that when I was coming through that and seeing God in a new way, that I knew that I was getting my healing. And that and I actually got to the point where I thought, do you know what? I'm going to be okay if I remain childless, if I remain without this promise that I've been searching for forever. I'm going to be okay because God is good. And I think he just brought me full circle of sort of almost questioning his existence, questioning whether he was punishing me and all of this horrible stuff, you know, awful, awful questions um, to the point where I actually said, you know what, I trust you and I know I'm going to be OK. Just me and you, me and you, we're going to do this. And it was it was incredible. It was so freeing. And I think I talk to people a lot about how actually if we're in a, in a really dark place, to start to get that healing and to get that relationship back with Jesus, I feel is the most important thing instead of waiting for the waiting for the blessing, waiting for the gift, waiting for the promotion, waiting for the new house, whatever it is. I think if we're waiting for that to make us whole, we know, don't we, it's not going to happen. So if we can find start to find that healing in, in Jesus before the blessing appears, that is the key to an incredible relationship with God, isn't it? Completely agree. I something I write about in my book as well. And um, as I experienced, uh, my daughter died not long after birth, uh, years ago now actually. And I remember people say to me, "Don't worry, you'll have another baby, and it'll be and it'll be amazing." And I thought, "That's great. What about right now?" <laughs> yeah. And I think if I had waited for that you know that other bait I'm still childless now so if I'd waited for that I it was like you're just kind of in limbo waiting for God to be good mm-hmm. um according to the World Health Organization one in six people suffer with fertility issues um and I think you started something called the is it called the the waiting room yeah the waiting room online yeah. community yeah so obviously there's a that's quite stark statistics and um, but you also say that you, this is for women and men so what did you why did you start this and what were you hoping to to do with it okay so just before I answer that question I was going to pick up on Lucy's point about um it seems everyone in the bible every woman that been through a season of infertility ended up with a happy ending and it was interesting I was reading Hebrews 11 yesterday and it talked about all these people were still living by faith when they died they did not receive the things promised they only saw them and welcomed welcomed them from a distance and it just made me reflect that sometimes people kind of question you know if you have faith when things don't happen people kind of think question you know maybe it's a, it's you're not you don't have enough faith or you don't have any faith at all but it does show here that even people of faith people that were recorded in the hallmark of faith um didn't receive some of the things they promised they saw it but they never actually held it in their arms so just to reiterate that sometimes it's not about us sometimes you just don't have answers and i think your point about even in the midst of all of that, just trusting God. And um, when it doesn't make sense and um, we don't know why, um, it's just trusting in the goodness and in the faithfulness of God. And um, 
your point about surrendering even our desires and letting him, you know, write our stories, whatever that would look like, and trusting that it will still end well, whether we have what we desire or not. And I think that's kind of the outlook I have. Um, and, and I think we need to challenge sometimes those thoughts that sometimes it's not a fate issue. It's not about you. Um, and it's out of your control. Um, so, but back to the question with the waiting room. Um, so my losses happened, um, 2006 and 2007. And, um, in 2021, which I think was about 15 years after I lost my first son, Isaac, I wanted to do something, uh, but I didn't know what it was. I just wanted to do something remarkable just to kind of, mac the 15th anniversary and i began to think what can i do what should i do and i wasn't too sure and um earlier on that year uh, i think i was in the kitchen just cooking and i i just i listened to the song by tasha Cobbs, pour it out and i think it was a song that just kind of really ministered to me and um i just began to meditate on the words and ponder and, and i think as i began to think about it i felt god saying to me go and start you know this group bring women together and it's kind of interesting i've written a chapter in always a mom saying i'm looking forward to meeting all these women one day um so you know reflection i realized that that's what god was actually saying to me that bring these women together and i think as we evolved we started opening up to men so it's evolved since we started about two nearly three years ago um so it, i just want to say well bring these women together reach out to them and create a group um, I've done a few things in the past, mostly one-to-ones, um, working with women over the years uh, on a one-to-one -one capacity. And we had a conference in 2016 called the Finding Hope Conference. So, but the Lord has laid down my heart and gave me the room, the name, the waiting room. Um, so at that point, I was thinking, hmm, I'm not sure about this name. I spoke to one of the ladies I've supported um, over the well, last couple of years. And she said to me, I don't really like that name. It sounds like a hospital and being in the waiting room. And it doesn't seem like a nice thing to do. I thought, okay, I'll think about it. But the more I thought about it, the more I was convinced that should be the name. And then a few months later, I brought about four ladies together, three I had supported and one my one was one is a, my best friend living in the states and we started the waiting room together um so yeah it, it has evolved since then we call it a room where we wait on on god's word in worship and in hope uh we've opened it up to women to men we've also opened it up to anyone that would like to come in just to find out a bit more about what this is all about to get an insight into these issues because we're very passionate about educating people so they can be more compassionate to those on this journey and they know how to support others if they ever find anyone in their families or their friends or their colleagues or neighbors walking in the shoes um if you have a few people that are single that do come in they find it very informative and educative and i think we've evolved from the point of you know we doing this as a ministry to everyone coming into, into the room being ministered to. So even as we come into the room, we are ministered to. And we've come to see that waiting takes all kinds of shapes and forms. So it's not just waiting for a baby. So we also kind of touch on people waiting for different things. Some people have children and they have special needs. Some people have children they believe in God for healing. You know, some people, you know, you know trusting to get married. Some people are trusting for their own grandchildren. So it's a whole diverse need. Thank you. That That's an interesting idea actually that the waiting room is about being pregnant with not just physically pregnant but with um hope and faith for something that is desirable or desired outcomes that we believe in god for so that sounds um sounds like a very worthy thing to be doing and i'm grateful for both of you for writing your books and sharing your experiences i really am a big believer of 
um, testimonies of all kinds, not just the kind of before and after, but the during and that painful wilderness period. And you can read articles, both the articles discussed today at womenlive.co.uk. Lucy's is called The Weight, My Journey with Infertility. And Thinkers is three pieces of Christian advice I found helpful while struggling with infertility. And I also just want to mention, as I wrap up this section, that uh, recently the government has introduced baby loss certificates for parents who have experienced loss of pregnancy before 24 weeks, which I think is amazing. Um, a recognition that is voluntary if you want it. It's not mandatory, but if you've lost a baby before uh, 24 weeks, you can now have a certificate to recognise that this baby existed. And I think that's a beautiful, a beautiful thing. Thank you, Lucy. Thank you, Finkay. Um, I'm now going to go into the next part of the um, podcast where we answer a a relationships and sex question that's coming from the reader. I will read out the email that we've received. Um, It's quite a short one, so we don't have a lot of context for it, Um, but we will together see if we can help with this dilemma. So the question is, I had to leave my abusive marriage, but now I feel really angry at God. Why do you let that happen to me? Dear woman alive, I was with my husband for eight years. We were quite young when we got married, but lots of other Christian friends did the same. Over the years, he got slowly more controlling to the point of being abusive. There was some physical abuse, but it was mainly emotional and spiritual. I finally found the courage to leave, and I'm now putting my life back together. But I'm left with this burning anger at God. I just don't know why he didn't protect me. So that's, uh, it's quite heavy, a quite heavy question, this one. Um, do any of you want to, you, to start off with how we can respond? Do you want to go first? <laughs> <laughs> not, not an easy question. <laughs> not an easy question. I'm just trying to think, well, um, well, I think I can relate with the part of, you know, God letting us, well, letting her down, because I think that's the way I felt when I, when I lost my babies. Um, but you know, through this journey, so we're talking about 17 years on, I know that God didn't let me down because of the understanding I've, 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 I, I now have. Um, and I know that through it all, God was with me, even though it was difficult and I felt he abandoned me and I was all by myself. But I began to reflect that, you know, he brought people in different ways, strangers, friends, family, you know, that encouraged me on that journey. And when I look back at the woman I have become, I know that I won't have transformed into the person I am if I hadn't been on that journey. So I'm not saying that I had to go on that journey to become the woman I am, but um, it opened my eyes to a lot of things. And one of the things I've come to realize is that sometimes on the pain that we go through, sometimes a ministry is birthed and we would never would understand if we haven't walked in those shoes. Um, so coming back to the question, in the midst of all of this, um, I've, I think it, I want, you know, this dear sister to know that God loves you and he's right there with you. Um, and sometimes you, we can control people, we can control circumstances. But one thing I want to reassure you is that God loves you and he's walking with you on this journey. Um, and I think it's important that you pour out all your emotions and you let God know how you feel. Um, it, it brings healing for us personally. So um, God knows what's going on inside of us. He knows what we think and how we feel. But it's also it's also a healing process when we actually say it out loud. Or you can journal, you can say it out, you can share it with a friend. Um, and as you walk through that journey, 
it's good to get support. Some people will benefit from counseling. Some people will benefit from reading books and stories of women who've walked in a, on a similar journey. And you might, you know, grasp a few things from that, from their experiences that will be helpful. But I think the main thing is not to bottle it up. And, and as you process this at the back of your mind, knowing that, you know, God wants to hear your voice. God wants you to come to him. And, and I believe as time goes on, you know, things will become clear. You know, the healing will take place. Um, and hopefully um, you will get the, I always believe in Jeremiah 29, 11. That's been an anchor scripture for me since I was about 17. And every circumstance I've faced, I always end up going to that scripture. And it's seen me through all kinds of situations that God's thoughts towards us are good and not evil to give us a future and a hope and to bring us to that expected end. And sometimes this expected end might not be the way we envisage it. But it's God's expected it. and it still will be beautiful, maybe not the way we planned it. Um, so I think those are my thoughts, you know, it's just um, have to, you know, make sure you, you reach out to a community that can support you, others working on this journey. Um, there's a story of a lady I know, um, I know her a little bit, um, you know, she, she was divorced and um, because of domestic violence and, you know, was separated from well separated initially and then got divorced after many years but for some i mean i've not heard of a story like this but in a miraculous way got brought them back together they got married again and they're both in ministry so that's kind of an extreme case but to me it just brought hope that nothing is impossible people do can change and they can be transformed uh, by the love of god and not everyone's story ends that way but i just want to assure you that whatever happens god has got your back you know, I once um, heard someone say that uh, God doesn't give you the problem, but he gives himself in the problem. And I think that's we can very much resonate with what she's saying. You know, you can feel so angry with God, feel, feeling like he's put something on us. We could have stopped it. He could have taken it away. But actually, he sees from start to finish. He sees the whole thing and he hurts with us, doesn't he? And he, he wants to sit with us in that pain and he wants to see the fruit, as you were talking about, the, the diamonds at the end of it that come out of it. And we wouldn't wish it on anybody. We, we don't want to go through these things. But I always say that I wouldn't have chosen, but I wouldn't now take it away that I've gone through it. I'm so glad that I have been through and I've come out the other end um, because God does bring good out of every situation, however confusing or painful or, you know how awful it is he does bring good out of it at the end if we're willing to surrender ourselves to him thank you both of you I'm just when you both when you're talking I was thinking I was trying to find the scripture which I've now found thank you Google um in <laughs> Romans which uh talks about glory finding glory in our suffering so I'll just read it it's Romans 5 and uh, verse 1 through to 5 um, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our heart through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And I find that just this fascinating idea that um, we can find glory in our sufferings because we've discussed both of your stories, kind of this, this surprise that we're going through suffering when actually in the Bible it talks about the fact that we will suffer. Um, 
when I got baptized at 16, I remember thinking, oh, this is great. Now nothing's going to go wrong anymore. I'm kind of like under the banner of God, like a safety net. And, you know, I'll be, I'll have this like amazing life where everyone outside the church will be suffering, but not me. Woo, I'll be fine. Um, and we read the Bible that's actually not true. So um, how, how can we, I don't want to say expect suffering because we shouldn't expect suffering, but how can we um, keep a healthy relationship with ourselves and with God where we understand that suffering is actually going to be part of that walk? Do you have anything to say about that? I think looking through scriptures, you, I mean, because I think that was my biggest issue that, you know, this wasn't part of a package, you know, everything should work out for me and it should all be good stuff. And I know a friend of ours said, you know, you know, you know, bad things shouldn't happen to you guys. You guys are very good. And, but, you know, no one is good when I began to read the Bible, you know, only God is good, you know, so, <laughs> and we live in a fallen world. And I think that's where the problem is. We don't realize that we live in a fallen world and being a part of this world, you know, suffering is part of the package. Um, yeah. So I, I think that I wrote, woke up to a reader awakening that this is the reality. Um, so other people I know haven't been through this journey, but they're, they're going through their own journeys. They're going through other things, you know, so everyone has their own kind of, um, in quotes, suffering they're facing. It might not happen now, but maybe 10 years down the lines. So I was I was kind of shielded for many years until I, you know, this was like the first thing I'd been through, like the major loss and something that kind of shook my whole world, you know, so I've never been through anything like that, you know, ever in my life. So it was, it, it was, it, it was a big thing for me. Um, so but I've come to realize, I began to pay attention, watch out, observe, and I realized that people have their own their own, their own thing, whatever that thing is. So, and when you look through scriptures, it does say that it, 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 it as far as you're in this world, Jesus said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So it is clear, but I think we choose to ignore some things and we just close our eyes and pretend they don't exist. And, oh, that's not for me. That's for somebody else. But the reality is it is explicit in the Bible. So I think it's been open to the fact that these things happen and it's not our fault it's not that god is is unkind mm. or just but it's part of the fact that we live in this world and and but knowing the fact that through all of these things we are more than conquerors i think that's the message I, i've come to realize that even in the midst of all of this god is with me and even if he doesn't rescue me like daniel and his friends said you know we're still not going to back down we're still going to follow him till the end and i think that's the resolve i have but i think some people need to come to that realization themselves so i think it took me because you can tell people but it just may not sink in but when you actually understand and you you kind of have that revelation then it's easier and you can carry on and, and i've come to realize that a lot of songs and hymns are written from places of pain from places of suffering and sometimes we just sing those things and we just sing it without thinking but i think after my experience i, I began to see things from a different um, from a different lens because i realized wow i wonder what this person was going through when they wrote this lyrics it must be deep and i so yeah so i think yeah i think it's that's my kind of take on that what i really think is um has been great about this discussion is that you both have quite different stories of um how god has given you children so lucy you have adopted two children and think you've given birth to two children and i think that's a really important thing to notice that there's no formula for how god does things and you know <laughs> you've got healthy happy children and Lucy's crazily in my opinion homeschooling her children it just goes to show that um and, and I'm also as part of the conversation um have experienced baby loss 
and 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 I'm childless now and there's still a sense of like peace and joy within all of us with those different outcomes so I think that's really important to note so for anyone experiencing difficulty right now and I hope that is comforting thank you Lucy thank you thank you for coming it's been great to have you talking with you today thank you for having us welcome thanks for having us (laughs) however you're listening to the podcast please save share and subscribe and remember to leave a review and five star rating you can read today's article and also the article featuring Lucy and the relationship dilemma at womanlive.co.uk. And if there's a conversation you want to hear on the podcast, or if you have a question about sex and relationships, you can email me at womanalive at premier.org.uk. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Join me next time where I'll be speaking with more incredible women about real life and real things. For more inspiring conversations, articles and opinions, head to womanalive.co.uk. Woman Alive. Real women, real lives, real faith. Welcome to Cape and Ray Hall, nestled in the beautiful landscapes between England's national parks. As a Bible school, we offer short-term courses aimed at fostering your spiritual growth and living in a community. Our historic manor house has something for everyone. You can enjoy indoor and outdoor adventures, connect with students from around the world, and learn how to deepen your relationship with Jesus Christ. Search Cape and Ray England for more information.